And then you break my heart again. I said, break my heart again. What's up, everybody? This is Requiem for a Tuesday. I am Adam Pecora, and I am reeling. The Chicago Bears, they suck you in. Every, it's the same thing every fucking time. They love doing just enough to be like, come on, man, we got it. And then they fall flat on their fucking face and fucking embarrass themselves. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll get to that. (laughs) Please rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. I really appreciate it. Here we are, 2024. Let's make it the biggest year yet. Uh, check out all the links in the description below. They'll take you to a lot of great things. You got my Instagram at adam.rfat. I wouldn't call that great necessarily, but it's an Instagram, you know, above average post quality, I would say. Uh, (laughs) uh, fuck the edibles. They get me every time. I mean, that's the point, I guess, but, uh, (laughs) what's next? Uh, check out the music, Multiplex and Wolfax. Lots of other episodes of R-Fat. Just rate, review, and subscribe to that, and we'll all be kosher. Let's go. Moving on. Uh, next week, before I get into the NFL recap, excuse me, Justice will be joining me. We're going to do a little Ferrari. Michael Mann's latest film, which has kind of grown on me since seeing it. But, you know, listen to the episode. You'll see. And uh, I think Justice is going to make me talk about that fucking stupid animal. What is that? Migration. I have no interest. I have no interest. But we'll see how that goes. So tune in for that next week. Ferrari. Man. The guys from Entourage should get some compensation at this point. How many fucking movies are going to be directly stolen from them? Now, look, you know, they did a lot of fictional movies about real guys, so I guess all of that was bound to happen. But the point remains is that they did it first, you know? There was Pablo Escobar, now Ferrari... That was supposed to be Martin Scorsese. That'd be even better. They did Aquaman. It was with James Cameron. Also better. You know, can't deny that. Although, would Scorsese be better at Ferrari? I mean, based on this Ferrari, yes. But, you know, Michael Mann is is a great choice, I would say. I don't know. Just feels like, you know... It has been, like, intentionally done to bury that show from history, and it's wrong, okay? There's not not enough shows about people just living the dream with their best buds, just guys having real friendships. What a magical moment for all of us. <laughs> Apologies for the throats. And the nose. 
I don't know why I can't just be okay. I need to start taking airborne daily or something. What do old people do? You know? How aren't more old people just dead? (laughs) From all these colds and viruses and whatnot. You know? You can just keep fighting all those off forever? I don't know. I just I just can't handle it. You know, I mean, Luke Getze is fucking trash. We've known that all season long. But it's like, look, you're supposed to go into Green Bay and play spoiler for their playoff hopes. And you run this conservative-ass trash game It's like, play to fucking win, man. The defense wasn't getting any stops. All of a sudden, the Bears have no pass rush against the Packers. The whole thing about the Bears was that they finally got the defense turned around. And look, they held them to 17, technically. But they got dominated. You know? I mean... There's a couple great plays on defense. Otherwise, this would have been a massive blowout. Tyreek Stevenson, God bless him, makes a key play at halftime, or just before halftime, rather, to take it to halftime. Uh, I forgot who forced the fumble on Love, but Brisker with a great recovery. Love that kid. We have an exciting young secondary. Uh Tremaine Edmonds is not good. I've been saying this, and, you know, he had a little bit of a resurgence there in the middle. Not in the middle of the year. This this last stretch of games where they've been playing pretty well. But, man, he's never in the right position for anything. He's supposed to be this great guy in pass coverage because of his length. He's always three yards from the line of scrimmage. Everything goes right over the guy's fucking head. And every time there's a play to one of his sides, he's just standing in the middle. He doesn't react to plays as they happen. He waits for a guy to get the ball. Look, whatever. I mean, it's ultimately not that big of a thing. Pay Jalen Johnson. It's very clear that his presence was missed yesterday. And I mean, maybe they would have done a little better. But no pass rush, no coverage help. I mean, the defense just couldn't do anything. Absolutely torn apart. Gashed in the running game like the Packers are the best fucking team in the NFL. And all we hear is how everybody's get-right game on offense is against the Packers. I mean, the only time Bryce Young looked good was recently against the Packers. And we just can't do it, man. Like, they're just not up to the task. And I don't mean the team. I mean the coaches. They have fucking deer in the headlights up there. Look, you're getting your ass kicked. And I get it, too. Every time he drops back, the pressure's there. But it's like, can somebody do something about that at any fucking point in time, you know? The offensive line was doing well, and now all of a sudden they're just back to dog shit the second the Packers show up. It's just embarrassing. 
You know, how are you supposed to evaluate Justin Fields based on that game when they had him throw 17 passes? He got sacked five times. I would say maybe only one of those was his fault. It's literally like hit your back foot and the dudes are there. There's nothing like it. I mean, really. I mean, probably Washington or whatever because Sam Howell had the most sacks like of all time. Not literally, but you know, an egregious amount. But I don't know, man. I I don't have any answers. That's as depressing of a way to go out. I mean, they just move the ball at will. What are you supposed to do? And then you just show up and pussyfoot around. You just bitch out of every situation. Third and 22, throw a screen. You have nothing to play for. You know, your season's already over. Throw it up. Dial something up. Run a fucking flea flicker. Do something. They run that fucking cutesy-ass QB sneak shit. What is that? They ran it with Cole Komet 17 times, and now they have Justin Fields run from shotgun up to the line and quick snap it and you watch it just like with the cold come out play the entire line converges in before the ball is snapped like you're tipping your own plays man the guy's a fucking loser and he has the wherewithal to be like yeah it's about execution it's like again if your plays are shit and they're executed perfectly they're gonna be shit Cool, you can execute shit. Congratulations. Doesn't mean a fucking thing. You know, they've lost the ability to even just run like a handoff play. Everything's a little sweep toss. Like we're going to bust it out like we're the San Francisco 49ers. Like we're just not. Just hand it off, everyone. Like they can't do anything without it being, oh, Luke Getze's a fucking scheme genius. So we're going to show you. I hate it. I fucking hate it. Uh, And here's the thing. What's Caleb Williams going to do with this supporting cast? It's just DJ Moore and Cole Komet, I guess. We need Marvin Harrison Jr. And we need a new... We need a real offensive coordinator. Like, I just don't understand what the Bears organizational obsession is with just, like, having nobody's run the offense. Like, why are you conservative on offense when you're losing all the time? It just doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, to use Washington as an example, they just let Sam Howell fucking churn it loose. And, yeah, they lost more games than we did. And he got his ass fucking kicked. That team sucks, you know. But what's the difference? You know, let him throw 25 interceptions or whatever he threw. Let him get sacked 65 fucking times. We suck. At least the kid can sling it. Maybe show us something. But like, no, we don't want Justin Fields to show us anything. Don't give him a fucking chance. And you could argue that it's his limited skill set. But listen, I watched Mitch Trubisky in the Matt Nagy offense. And we all knew, even the year they were good, we knew he was the liability holding them all back. Justin Fields is not holding this team back. 
The sacks are bad. I know that. But it's not like he's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL somehow. You know? So it's just... They just look real bad. And also, I mean, the guy can't... They just don't throw penalties against him, which is completely egregious. And he should file some sort of grievance with the NFL. I mean, you watch his head fucking slam off the ground like it's a basketball. And then the rules expert, quote-unquote, on the broadcast is just siding with the refs because that's all that his job is in his mind. And he's like, well, he initiated with the shoulder and he didn't initiate with the helmet. It's like, we're not talking about a helmet-to-helmet hit, you fucking asshole. The rule has been for, what, decades that if the quarterback slides he's protected so don't you dare try to fucking tell me that it's the the way the contact was fuck that you know there can't be a fucking conspiracy in the nfl about every little fucking thing but they have all agreed to just let this guy get the shit kicked out of him whether the rules apply or not and i don't know why that's okay you know I don't watch the Ravens because I hate them, but is this shit happen- happening to Lamar? He's the only one who carries it remotely this much, I feel like. Or Jalen Hurts, which, you know, they're doing fine, I guess, both of those teams. But are they getting the calls? Probably, is what I'll assume. Because it would be national fucking news if, God forbid, Jim Har- John Harbaugh didn't get a call. All right. I think that gets it. I think I got enough off my chest. Look, I just don't. I just don't think you pass up the opportunity to get the big haul. I say try to draft three or four still if you can. But take the haul, man. Why would you not want two first round picks every year for three years and additional second round picks for two to three years? Like, how is one player going to be better than, you know what I'm saying? Like, and like, who's going to develop anybody new, man? It's just not going to work. They're going to hire some dog shit guy. Maybe they won't. Again, that's the whole thing. If this is truly a regime change, but this is what I thought would happen. I was like, they're going to turn the corner. Tonight is the night. If this organization is really going to prove itself to be legitimate, They're going to flip the fucking narrative for once. They're actually going to show up and win a goddamn game. And it's the same bullshit, scared effort where there's no confidence that you have after that loss. You know, if it's like, if it's really a back and forth dogfight and we just happen to lose, then you can at least feel good about something. But they show up and they just reset themselves. It's horrible, man. It's just horrible. It's a shit product. And they don't give a fuck. And look, that win, it would have been huge too. It technically matches like the preseason prediction everybody had. I thought like best case they win 10 games. Worst case, I thought. I I maybe said they lose 10, but I thought I said they lose 9. And it also happened in the worst way possible. You start out 0-4 and it's tragic. And then you kind of get back together into a reasonable place. And then you completely fall apart and collapse again at the end. 
And what are we supposed to feel good about? Like, they can't do anything in any cohesive, real way that... It's just terrible. I'm just devastated. (laughs) I don't know. All right. Let's run through the standings. Here's one of the craziest things to me that I saw that makes me hate the Bears even more. If you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers stats... They somehow ended up with 3,400 yards passing, which ain't bad. But that's because Mason Rudolph's averaging nine yards per attempt somehow. They ended up with 13 touchdown passes collectively amongst three quarterbacks to nine interceptions and 36 sacks. Well, what are Justin Fields' stats, you might ask? Now, not the yardage. Well, the Bears combined also have 34 yards. They have 19 touchdowns to 15 interceptions, but that's because of Tyson Bagent throwing a fuck ton. 50 total sacks, so that that is worse. That is worse to have 50 total sacks. But 13 touchdowns to 9 picks, I mean... It's a miracle they didn't throw more interceptions, I guess. But uh, how does that team do this? And then they have 2,000 yards rushing. And it's just like the Bears just have no stats. You know why? Because all they do is punt and kick field goals because of the conservative-ass play calling. I mean, the Bears technically did have a lot of rushing yards. You know what I mean? But... It's It just felt like they never had the ball, like, all year. And I don't know what the yearly time of possession is or whatever. <sighs> but, yeah, Justin, I mean, 44 sacks in 13 games is horrific. I can't deny that. I mean, what, the team in rushing, you know? It's just like, come on. Darnell Mooney's got to go also. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just true. So anyway, the Bills end up winning the AFC East. Kind of predictable once we knew that it was for the division that Miami would completely fold. Uh, They got too many injuries at the wrong time with Tyreek Hill not playing at 100% and Jalen Waddell out. Maybe he comes back, but I just don't see it. I I mean, how can you trust Buffalo? Josh Allen throws interception he will throw an interception for sure it's just a matter of how many uh and he will fumble it's just a matter of whether or not you can recover it but it's he'll give you the chance every time um the jets nothing to say aaron Rodgers coming out and being like yeah the jets need to get rid of all the bullshit and it's like you're going on Pat McAfee calling Jimmy Kimmel a pedophile and calling out fucking people for their vaccine stance. Like, anybody is talking about the vaccine still. Like, you just can't let it go. And the truth is also, you lied to everybody, man. It's not because you're some, like, truther and people hate the truth. You lied to everybody. Like, it's not debatable. You can say that you technically chose your words carefully, but you know what you were doing, man. Come on. And then to act like people don't like him because 
he he doesn't want to take the vaccine. It's like, no, people don't like you because you're a fucking asshole, man. That's it. You're not special and you're not like representing a group of people. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, New England, what a disaster. I have no words for that. Who knows what's going to happen there? Don't really care. I hate Baltimore. The Cleveland Browns. Okay, here's another thing. They had five starting quarterbacks this year. Five. Okay? Here are the stats for the three shitty ones. Jeff Driscoll. Now, this was just yesterday, so does that even really count? But two touchdowns, two interceptions. The real bad ones are P.J. Walker and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. If the Bears did anything right, it was cut P.J. Walker in training camp. I mean, he did look fucking horrible, but yikes. He completed 48% of his passes for 600 yards, one touchdown, five interceptions, a rating of 52. Who knows what the QBR is? Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a rookie. 53% of his passes for 440 yards. A measly 3.9 yards per attempt. One touchdown, four interceptions. And Deshaun Watson was also not good while he was playing. Joe Flacco's throwing a ton of picks. Deshaun Watson had 185 yards per game. Joe Flacco's up to 323 yards per game. He has more yards in five games then Watson had in six by 500 yards. I mean, how do you play one less game and throw 500 more yards unless your team was dog shit? Uh, kind of crazy. Joe Flacco was the best <laughs> guy they could have asked for. They're so injured at every position and they just keep winning. I'm kind of rooting for them. I would love it if they like made it to the Super Bowl or some shit. Uh, having said that, I could also see them losing to the Texans just because C.J. Stroud is just a miracle man. But I think their defense is too real. And Flacco's playing well. But we'll see. This is what we love about the playoffs. Am I right, everybody? Am I right, everybody? Uh, I'm going to go through the standings, and then we'll go to the playoff matchups. I can't be jumping ahead like that, you guys. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh already went over. Cincinnati, I mean, to go 9-8, and eight, the way the season started shitty, and then you end up with this Jake Browning guy who legitimately probably should have a starting job, completing 70% of his passes for 8 yards per attempt. Sounds like a professional football player. Um, But, I mean... Look, if you're them, 9-8, and eight, despite having injuries and setbacks and whatever, just use it as fuel for next year. They'll be fine. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I hate Trevor Lawrence. I think that guy's a pussy. I don't like Doug Peterson. I bet on them to lose. Oh, he, get this parlay, by the way. Left this out for the Bears. I had the Titans beating the Jags. And I had the Bucks beating the Panthers just because that was a lock. And I was like, prove it, Bears. Let's go. Like, I'm going to believe in you again, yet again. And they crushed my hopes and dreams. And then I had a follow-up. I had a Bills, Cowboys, Bears parlay. So, yes, should I have tied it to the Bears? You know, obviously, 
hindsight is twenty twenty. But I wanted to believe. I wanted it to be real, and I wanted to feel fucking amazing to win that money from my guys. And uh, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Uh, but yeah, I knew I had no faith in the Jaguars at all. Tennessee comes out and plays spoiler. They're able to do it, even though they're six and ten. Or they were five and eleven going into that game. They have fourteen touchdown passes and eleven interceptions as a team on the year. And sixty four total sacks. Now they're again, they're a losing team, so I guess that doesn't prove my point as to why the Bears should be more successful. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that the dude couldn't come up in a big spot like that is embarrassing. There's really no excuse. So. Whatever. Evan Ingram somehow had a f- 114 catches and didn't make 1,000 yards. That's impressive. Uh Indy, what can you do? Hey, I thought they would be dog shit. They should be dog shit. They had like the fourth pick in the draft. And he got hurt and didn't even play all year. So, pretty damn good. You know, here we go. 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 41 sacks. It's not that crazy. It's not that crazy. Titans, yeah, whatever, you know, season from hell. Seems like Will Levis is okay. Who would have thought? He fell in the draft for no reason. It's kind of funny. Kansas City, I don't think that they're good. Uh, Matt Nagy is probably to blame. I mean, if you look at Patrick Mahomes' stats, this was his stats last year, and basically the only better player they had was Juju Smith-Schuster, who was elevated by the team, clearly, because what has he done this year? Last year, Patrick Mahomes threw for 5,200 yards, 41 touchdowns, 12 picks. This year, he has 4,100 yards, 27 touchdowns, 14 picks. I mean, to throw for 1,100 less yards and 14 less touchdowns, it's not good. You know, their team is bad. Uh, Rasheed Rice looks legitimate. But the rest of their team is terrible, and they're not helped by their scheme anymore. I think if they still had Eric Bieniemy, Mahomes probably throws for forty eight hundred yards still. Pure speculation, but whatever. And like their offensive line, like isn't good. Also, it's kind of weird. Uh, Vegas, Denver, whatever. Uh, I don't think Aiden O'Connell is good. Maybe that's just me. Maybe he's good. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, that team, I mean, they went through way too much this year. Just a lot of turmoil over there. I mean, Denver, same thing, you know, but have fun eating that contract. Thank God the bears did not trade for Russell Wilson. That would be a fucking nightmare. I can't believe I thought that would, would have been a good idea. Uh, Man, I'm fucking high. This is hard. Uh, (laughs) I hate that Dallas is good. They look actually good, but I can see them fucking up in the playoffs, no problem. So whatever. I mean, Dak had a year. It's crazy. CeeDee Lamb had a year, you know? 
Michael Gallup just kind of fell off, which is odd to me. But whatever. Uh, Philly completely falling apart. Not good. They're going to get smoked. Like, they have no chance. Detroit, I think, does have a legitimate path. Uh, I like them a lot. They're a really good team, to be honest. Super well-rounded. They basically had 2,000-yard rushers. uh, And both of them missed games. Goff through 30 tutties. I mean, they're legit as fuck. Aiden Hutchinson, double-digit sacks. I mean, the defense is a little sus, but I could see it, man. You can also see them losing in the first round. The Packers, I mean, Jordan Love is amazing also. Uh, The fact that they carve up the Bears, I don't understand what that is. I really don't. They're just so confident. And, you know, it works, whatever. Aaron Jones just owns us. It's kind of unbelievable. It doesn't matter how much the personnel changes. I just don't understand it. But yeah, Jordan Love's fucking great, and life's a nightmare. So, either for 4,100 yards and 32 touchdowns would have been the greatest season in Bears history. So, whatever. And they have, like, five second-round receivers that all seem decent. So, whatever. They're probably dangerous in the playoffs, or the defense goes back to being sus because they played somebody other than the Bears. So, we'll see. Uh, look, Tampa deserved to win the division, I thought, until they could only muster nine points against Carolina, and then I was like, they should just give it to New Orleans. Pretty funny that Jameis had them go for that touchdown and was just like, yeah, I don't, I'm sorry to the coach, but we were just doing that. That was pretty funny. Arthur Smith was pissed. And the coach was literally like, I understand. Like, you're right, Dennis Allen. Uh, so give him credit for that, I guess. Uh, but yeah, if Baker Mayfield's like super injured, the Bucks have no chance in the playoffs, and the 49ers, I mean, come on. They should have beat the Rams without playing any of their starters, so what does that tell you? I think the Rams were in either way, so they also weren't playing their starters, but you get the point. It's been a fucking hell of a season. Terrible offense everywhere. Just everywhere. So here we go. Wild card matchups. Dude, I'm so high. <laughs> uh, Browns, Texans. Cleveland's the favorite in Houston. It's hard to go against C.J. Stroud. I mean, what an incredible rookie year on a team that should have not been good. 4,100 yards, 23 touchdowns, only five picks. I'm pretty sure he had a three-interception game also. And the team just, like, shouldn't be good but is really good. But the Browns just feel like they're a little team of destiny almost. I'm going to go Browns. I'll take the spread. Dolphins Chiefs, look, if I thought the Dolphins could beat anybody, I'd pick them over the Chiefs because, like I said, I don't think the Chiefs are very good, but the Dolphins are so bad against good teams, I have to pick the Chiefs. 
Kansas City is the favorite at home, which, you know, they should be. So, we'll see. <laughs> That's your Saturday playoff matchup. Sunday, Steelers-Bills. I got the Bills. They're favored by 10 for a reason. Uh, I don't understand the Mike Tomlin being fired rumors because they're 10-7 and seven and went to the playoffs again. Their offense is just bad. Get an offensive coordinator, Mike Tomlin. If they part with him, I mean, how stupid do you have to fucking be? But yeah, Bills, you know, I don't know about by 10, but whatever. They're going to fucking win. I'd be shocked if they didn't. I think TJ Watt also just got injured, so they have, like, no chance, Pittsburgh, basically. Packers, Cowboys, I'm taking the Cowboys because fuck the Packers, but, you know, if anybody's going to eat shit and lay an egg, it's Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. And if the Packers are going to show up, Looking like they did against the Bears. I mean, that's saying something too, but. I'm picking Dallas. Fuck Green Bay. I hate them. Rams-Lions. The Matthew Stafford reunion. Look, the Rams have won games and Matthew Stafford has technically been good. I just feel like they're bad because they were bad last year and I feel like they're just kind of winning. And I feel like Matthew Stafford is already retired even though he's clearly still playing. So I don't know. I I just felt like the Rams didn't matter all year, so I just don't feel like they're a real threat to anybody. They're just, like, surprisingly good. I don't see why they should be favored. They're not. I don't think Sean McVay has this, like, inside thing to Jared Goff, like everybody's saying. They run a completely different scheme in Detroit. Uh, I think Detroit's going to kick the shit out of them. Dan Campbell ain't fucking around. And I would love for the Lions to make a run, personally. And then Eagles-Bucks, look, like I said, the Bucks are so shitty, they might lose to the Eagles. I don't even know who to take in this. I'm actually going to take the Bucks because I think the Eagles are just so such dog shit right now. They're losing to fucking Arizona and shit. Why would they beat the Bucks? So that's going to be my one risky pick, I guess. I'm picking all favorites. Except for Philly. I'm taking Tampa. I mean, the only underdogs I could see winning are... I could see the Rams winning, I guess, somehow. Like I said, I could see the Rams, the Packers, even the Dolphins, and the Texans winning. But I, I just don't pick it bitch but i mean the bills are basically a lock is really what i'm trying to say the bills are my only lock uh and yeah i'm high as shit i don't know i didn't think this was going to be a big bears rant i thought i was going to come on here and be all lovey-dovey about the nfl season and what a journey it's been and i am sad that it's over but i'm also thankful that it's over because of the chicago bears and the misery that they bring to me in this great city uh it's not okay to be in an abusive relationship and you shouldn't be all right uh next up i was going to talk about the iron claw great movie about pro wrestling 
Um, look, pro wrestling's entertaining when it's good. Um, I know that if you don't have Down syndrome, you might not think that. <laughs> um, it is basically made for people with Down syndrome. Do they love it? Uh, I mean, the IQ level, when they show zoom-ins to people's faces, there, there's nobody with an average IQ. I mean, also, ju- imagine just, like, screaming so intensely about something that you know is scripted. That's a weird thing about wrestling fans. They, like, try to seek out the scripts in advance so they can no outcomes it's like isn't the whole thing that like that's what the show is but you're just that into it look i don't get it i'm a very casual casual wrestling fan now if you want to talk ecw we're a little more than casual but that's about it um So, you know, I don't go back to the archives or nothing like that. I have never seen any of the Von Erich family wrestle. I mean, maybe in some clips here or there, and I had no idea. But I didn't know these guys. I don't know how famous these people were, like to what level. Uh, I don't really understand how the regional thing worked back then either. Here's the thing about this movie. It is just very, very unbelievably sad, but it's excellent. Uh, Zac Efron, incredible performance. Jeremy Allen White is an amazing actor. And the dad just treats him like shit. And it's the guy who said his name is Robert Paulson, whatever that actor's name is. I was like, I know that guy, which was nice. And the dad is basically, he basically manipulates them and gaslights them all the time so that, you know, they have to do everything he says and they look up to him like he's a great man. But he's actually not a great man. He's actually abusing his children. And so they all feel forced into wrestling. Well, they're they're not even aware that they feel forced. You know, they're like They're, like, so manipulated by the lifestyle and such. Uh, They even had to, also, sorry, they had to cut a brother out that died because they all died, and it was just too many people to die in the movie. So they had to leave out an entire guy, which is technically offensive to that guy, you know? And they kind of merged two brothers together, but kind of not really. Um, So there's one brother who was too small and he got hurt and so he killed himself. And then there's another brother who, oh, he also got hurt. And then when he had surgery, he had an infection and then he was in a coma. So then he had brain and nerve damage and that ruined his life. So he killed himself. Then there's another brother who lost his foot in a motorcycle accident, so he killed himself. And then there's another brother who allegedly died from a medical condition but also maybe just overdosed on drugs. And I th- then there's one other brother who survived and seems like a very nice man. 
And it seems like all the, his name is Kevin. And it seems like all the guys not named Kevin were probably also on drugs, if I didn't mention it already. So anyway, this movie's kind of from Kevin's perspective, basically just because he survives. Uh, and they kind of go through like a rise and fall arc. The brothers start to join in. And then all of a sudden they just kind of start dying one by one. And you watch the the parents' relationship deteriorate. Basically, you know, everybody realized once all the kids died that the dad was horrible. So the kids left him and the wife left him. Imagine getting divorced when you're like 80. Like, why bother? I just go move. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway. The tax breaks. Think of the tax breaks. Um, and you watch like Zac Efron finds a woman and they get together and it's beautiful. And then you know, they have kids and people keep dying and he's like afraid. To, I don't know how true this part is if they did this for the movie or what. He's like, I can't come near the kids. Like, they're going to get the curse. Like, the, the, you're, my kids are going to die if I'm near them. And she's like, that's crazy. And he's like, I mean, you can see both sides. It obviously is crazy to just abandon your children for the sake of their benefit, in your words. Like, not that's a little wild. But he mentioned the curse to her when they first met and she scoffed and thought it was silly and then all of his family died and then she's like ain't no curse it's like yo if anybody should believe in that it's them and he's right uh and it all culminates in like when jeremy Allen white kills himself he shoots himself in the heart also which is just insanity <laughs> like that's a risky ass move you're trying to just like put yourself through a terrible time anyway uh he basically finally gets the shit off of his chest he says what everybody's been thinking all movie he's like you know you weren't there for us, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He had a great line, and it was impactful because he just said it, like, literally. And they were always dancing around stuff emotionally. And then he almost killed him, which was awesome. I hope he really did that. Kind of. I don't really know why I would hope that. But anyway, then he's able to live happily ever after. And then there's a beautiful scene where he just weeps his eyes out because his kids are playing real nice he's like i used to have brothers and then they're like we'll be your brother's dad and it sounds super gay your boy was weeping not literally weeping but the tears were flowing on an emotional movie that also it doesn't get super into like the technical side of wrestling but they kind of give you enough to help you understand it more, you know? They explain the storylines and the promos, kinda, and then they show some of them. My biggest gripe is the guy who played Ric Flair was egregious, and nothing like Ric Flair, and maybe, you know, you just can't replicate Ric Flair. But right when he showed up on screen, I was like, this is horrible casting. Everybody else, very solid, great movie. Go check it out if you want to be sad. 
perfect. If you don't want to be sad, look, it's worth being sad, and it's okay to feel sad sometimes. So watch this fucking movie. It's very good. Um, and I think that's all I got. I, I yeah, I can't. I can't keep going. <laughs> I'm I'm blasted. Uh, so please rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Smash that shit. Uh, leave a comment. Leave a review. Share the episode. Get the word out. Twenty twenty four. Bigger, better than ever. Uh, justice next week again for Ferrari and what is that stupid movie again? I forgot it again. Migration. Dumbass. Uh, (laughs) So check that out. Make sure you're subscribed so you can get all the new ones. Uh, I think that's it. And then possibly a New York trip recap episode if it doesn't get if I don't get fucking snowed at home. Is that a term? Grounded? Whatever. Hopefully I get to go. And then we can recap it for you guys. Because that's what we do here. And remember, I are fat. You are fat. We are fat. Calculator.